Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. A warmer Billy Lowe, welcome to Bumpy Las Vegas. For Gus and Gus Eats with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. It's another conference preview edition. We dive into the Southland today as we've got a bundle full of fun coming up. In segment number two, Nick Lorenzen, who does great work over at Mid Major Madness, is going to be joining me. We're going to be breaking down every single one of these teams in the Southland, taking a look at some of the offseason coaching moves that have been made. It is a very fascinating conference, to say the least. We are going to be looking at all the nooks and crannies with them in segment number two. In the final segment, I'm going to get you guys my projector to finish for every single team here in the Southland. And here to start out with, we are going to be taking a look at some of the betting trends and some of the styles of play that we do see with the Southland. And as per usual, because with the conference previews, I want to leave it exclusively to taking a look at the conference, any news and notes that we did see in college basketball on Wednesday. I'm going to polish those up on the podcast tomorrow. So we're in for a fun time here. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that's fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. So let's dive into it, and let's take a look at a Southland that is going to be going through a whole heck of a lot of turnover. As Texas a and of course, Miss Christie and Northwestern State, they were the top two teams in the conference last year. They were the two teams that won north of 18 games eight seasons ago. Northwestern State going 13-5 and five within the conference. Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, 14-4. They are both going to be going through a coaching change as Steve Lutz out at Corpus Christi. He's now over at Western Kentucky and Northwestern State's Corey Gibson. He bolted and he decided that he was going to be going to Austin P. We saw a little bit of a coaching change in the offseason with Incarnate Word who went 6-12. and 12. You've got McNeese State who went 6-12 and 12 within the conference and both of these teams they were 19-plus loss teams overall last season at Mc, with McNeese State. They bring in Will Wade. Yes, that Will Wade. So that is going to be very fascinating as well. And the number four team within the conference, Nichols. They went 11-7 and within the conference, 16-15 and overall. Austin Clunch, he decided that he was going to be taking a assistant coaching job over at Alabama. So there is turnover with that team as well. So you've got half the coaches from a season ago, uh, the fold. Lamar was a lone team that failed to get to 10 wins last season, 9-22 overall, 5-13 within the conference. And then 
We also did see New Orleans go 7-11 and within the conference, 12-20 and overall. So that was a little bit of a lay of the land there. And with the Southland, while well, it was very exclusive to this conference, really playing at zero defense whatsoever. There wasn't a single team within the conference that allowed fewer than 72 points per contest. Northwestern State allowing 72.1 points per game. That was a low mark within the conference as the defense was rough. This is a conference that a few seasons ago they had likes of Stephen F. Austin and company. And as a result, you had a lot of teams that they generated a whole bunch of steals. And a lot of these teams within the conference, they still hold on to that style of defense. And doesn't really result in a whole heck of a lot of defense. Like Houston Christian has been the poster child for lack of defense. Out of 363 Division One teams, they were... 363rd in the country last season with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. And I mean, here's the sort of range that you've got with these defenses. I was talking about Northwestern State and the fact that they were the team giving up the fewest raw points per game last season. They were 212th in the country with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. Southeast Louisiana, 287th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and you just look down the list, you really didn't have a top 175 defense in the country in this conference. So teams were a little bit better than Houston Christian after that, but I mean, it's not like when you've got a team like a Southeast Louisiana, who I mentioned before, being at 287th, it's necessarily a whole heck of a lot better. New Orleans, they were 320th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, also clocking in. Outside of the top 275, you had Incarnate Word at 293rd. We shall see if the coaching change is able to do them a little bit of good. But and a lot of teams that were sort of in the mid-250s or so that they just weren't able to do a great job of being able to prevent the ball from going in the basket. And you did have some teams that were very much up and down with regards to their three-point shooting as well as Texas A&M Commerce was certainly a team that was looking to take a whole bunch of threes, and it did not necessarily result in some efficient offense. Uh, you did see a team in New Orleans be able to hit quite a few threes, as you did have Jordan Johnson averaging about 18 points, shot 48% from three-point range for a core that they were in the top 30 overall in the country with regards to three-point shooting percentage. That was actually something that was very good for this team, but at the same time, it was very hodgepodge to say the least, and it was very inconsistent, as you did see Incarnate Word be able to stroke it a little bit from three-point range in comparison to past years for Incarnate Word. Overall, from three-point range last season, they were more around 173rd in the country. With New Orleans as a collective, they were really that top team, but Northwestern State, they were right around 80th in the country in terms of their three-point shooting percentage, as well as Southeast Louisiana. They certainly had their ups and downs with regards to being able to take those threes. They were right around 57th in the country overall, though. So you did see quite a bit of bad defense. And as a result, you would see a lot of three-point shooting. And what you are going to notice in the Southland as well is that most of these teams are based out there in the state of Texas. You do have Southeast Louisiana and also New Orleans. That they are outside the state, but most of these teams, they do reside within the state, which that does create for some very interesting betting trends and some interesting home and road splits as well as you did see quite a few teams within the conference actually do a relatively solid job of being able to cover the spread when they were on the road. Nichols is a team that they struggled mightily. They were 4-12 and against the spread when they were on the road last season, and you did see McNeese be a 7-10 and against the spread team on the road as well. They're one of those teams that is based out there in the state of Louisiana as well. Houston Christian, New Orleans, they both won 6-8 and against the spread on the road, but Incarnate Word, Northwestern State, 
They both hit north of 64% of their games on the road against the spread with Northwestern State going 11-6 and six against the spread, 10-5 and five against the spread on the road for Incarnate Word. And then something like a Texas A&M Commerce, their first year at the D1 level, 10-8-2 against the spread when they were on the road. So there was some road success to be had for a lot of these teams. And this was a conference in which it was pretty jumbled up. You really didn't have too many dominant teams with regards to this conference, which made it very interesting for taking a look at underdogs as only three teams did not profit as an underdog last season against the spread. And both of them were pretty close, like Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. But they went 3-4 and four against the spread as an underdog. He's a Christian. They were really your worst team in the conference. 11-14 and 14 against the spread as an underdog. And then New Orleans, 10-11 and 11 against the spread. As the dog, Nichols went 5-5, five and five, but Northwestern State, 10-4 against the spread as an underdog. Incarnate Words, 17-8 against the spread as a dog. Texas A&M Commerce, 14-6-2 against the spread as a dog. Southeast Louisiana, 9-5 against the spread as a dog. McNeese State, 12-10, and, and Lamar, 15-11-1 against the spread as an underdog. So this was very much an underdog conference just because of how things were sort of jumbled up. And taking a look at the Southland with regards to a totals perspective, as you can imagine, there were a lot of high-scoring games, and as a result, you had a lot of teams playing to the over. Among the 10 teams within the conference, only two hit fewer than 54.5% of their games to the over. Lamar had 15 unders to 13 overs. Nichols had 17 unders to 10 overs. Every other team had at least 54.5% of their games to the over, including three teams at north of 65%. Houston Christian and New Orleans. Both went 19 and 10 to the over, with New Orleans actually 19, 10, and 1 to the over. Southeast Louisiana, among their 29 games, 20 of them went over. Texas A&M Corpus Christi, 19 overs, 12 unders. Texas A&M Commerce, 19 overs, 13 unders. I mean, everyone was just cashing your tickets if you were taking a look at the overs, and it really was able to manifest itself in conference play. You only had two teams that fewer than 55% of their games to the over in conference play. Lamar, 12 unders, 2-7 overs. Same goes for Nichols. And then everyone else, north of 55%. And as a matter of fact, six different teams hit between 63 and 68.5% of their games to the over within the conference last year. Houston Christian, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Commerce, Incarnate Word, New Orleans, and Southeast Louisiana. So very much an overwhelming conference where no defense was played whatsoever. Now we are going to be getting some coaching changes happening in this conference, so we need to talk about that next with Lincoln Lorenz. He does great work over at Mid-Major Madness, but no doubt about it. If you're taking a look at overs in this conference, it was very, very lucrative for you in a Southland that it's called what it is. Defense not necessarily prevalent. Whoever wins the conference is probably going to be a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament, but there is a lot of intrigue with this conference, so coming up next, we are going to be diving in on all these rosters, all these coaching changes, and so much more with our good friend from Mid-Major Madness and Nick Lorenzen. That's on the flip side here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast the Southland Conference Preview Edition. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Thank 
with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now a part of the Visa Family Podcast, and we are joined by this man to be able to help us take a look at the Southland, as it is the Southland Conference Preview Edition, and Nick Lorenzen, he does amazing work over at Mid-Major Madness, he joins me to be able to dive in on this, he does a tremendous job taking a look at all the Mid-Majors, no matter how big or small the conference is, this man does a terrific job of being able to hold it down, has joined me on a few of these conference previews, and is a man that you're able to follow on Twitter, formerly known as X, over at N Lorenzen Sports. And Lorenzen is spelled L O R E N S E N. So, do you want to be keeping note of that? And Nick, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. It's always an honor to hop on, Greg. It's going to be an interesting one. Southland, lots of coaching changes, lots of new players. Already struggled a little bit last year. It's really anyone's game. It's going to be really interesting. And, um, I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, I am as well. And how about if we start out with this first team because they have had arguably the most turnover in this conference. That would be McNeese State. Obviously, we know about the track record of Will Wade, someone who's been able to get results. The way that he's been able to get those results, that has caused him to be in the crosshairs of some. We remember him being dismissed by LSU just before the NCAA tournament a few seasons ago, but has done a tremendous job of being able to bring in a lot of players via the transfer portal. Now, with some of these two-time waivers, question marks as to whether or not all these guys are going to be out there on the floor, but if I'm taking a look at just the raw talent and the raw talent alone that McNeese State is going to be bringing in, bringing in someone like a Shahada Wells over from TCU. I know that Cam Jones had a nice year over at South Carolina State, Mike Saunders, you just go down the list. I would say that they are the most talented roster with regards to the Southland. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you mentioned Will Wade comes in, and over the offseason, they've really been the talk of the Southland because he comes in and he has that track record of winning, and he really brought in a ton of raw talent that could develop. We've seen it at McNeese's last couple of years. It really wasn't able to be put together under their old coach, but maybe they'll do it now. When you look at this McNeese team, it's really interesting because I believe it was a day or two after Will Wade was announced as the head coach. There was a suspension already with him, so they're going to be without him, I believe, for the first five games of the year. But yeah, they have so many guys coming in. And the other thing is pretty much everyone in this league that was a significant producer is gone. They do have Christian Shoemake coming back, which is something that, like I mentioned, you don't see much in this league of key players returning. He averaged 15 points per game last year, just under 10 rebounds, and he shot about 55% from the field. So that's going to be a huge piece, someone that's familiar with the university, familiar with the league, and the couple coaches that are still around. McNeese is probably many people's preseason favorites, and at this point, they're probably mine too. Yeah, it's hard to argue there as I mean, my goodness, this team just brings in so much challenge. And even if you do have a guy or two that gets denied a waiver, they still have enough depth, in my opinion, especially with Shoemake coming back in the fold that they, in my opinion, do deserve to be those favorites. And a team that last year was sort of the McNeese State of this year, that would be Northwestern State. The old Demons were able to do an amazing job last year being able to mix and match with regards to all their transfers. But now Corey Gibson adds on over to Austin P, and with him he brought his top three scorers. They do bring in a few guys via the transfer portal. Jamel Lane was a standout at Division II Lynn College. Dwayne Posey had a nice run of things at Alabama State, but 
I take a look at this fall off for Northwestern State, and it is pretty immense as pretty much all their top scorers from last year are gone along with their coach. Rick Cabrera comes in from uh, Tallahassee, one of the better Juco's in the country. So we've seen it these last couple years of coaches coming up from lower levels and being able to win right away. I feel like he has the opportunity because, you know, the Southland just really isn't that good, but they lose pretty much everyone. Everyone went to Austin P with them. It's going to be interesting. They're going to be just full of Juco guys. And in a league like the Southland or the NEC, you can have these Juco guys in who produced at, at their level come and produce in a league like this. It's not really that large of a step if you're playing at a school like Tallahassee and you're playing top Juco talent every single day. And we see quite a bit of that on the roster. They bring in Dwayne Posey from Alabama State. He was really good there last year. But along with it, Braylon Bush was at McNeese State. He's had some time in the Southland. It's really not going to be that big of a step, I feel like, for Northwestern State. But they aren't going to be at the level they are last year just because they lost everyone to Austin Peay. Yeah, they certainly did. And that is going to be tough as showing me on the show. We have Nick Lorenzo who does great work over at Mid-Major Madness. And let's take a look at another school that... As a bit of a coaching change, that'd be Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Yes, with Corpus Christi, they were able to do an incredible job last year making the NCAA tournament in back-to-back years. And now it is Jim Shaw that is going to be taking over after he was an assistant last season for the team. So they do stay in-house, and as a result, they were able to retain a few guys from last season. But Terry and Murdu, along with quite a few guys like Isaac Mushala, they are now out of the fold, so... And it's going to be hurting this team quite a bit. Some like in O&Ds, who is able to come on strong towards back half of the season. Shot about 42.5% from three over the last 13 games of the season. They're really going to need to step up. Ironically enough, they get someone from Northwestern State and Dane Prim coming into the fold as well. But I don't think that there's any question about it. There's going to be a setback taken by Corpus Christi. The question is, how big of a setback? Yeah, it's going to be a significant step off, like you mentioned, Pretty much everyone went to Western Kentucky. It's pretty much all, once again, Juco pieces. But they have a couple guys who played in league. I mean, Lance Amira Paul was at Nichols last year. Marion Humphrey, he wasn't in the league, but he had some success at UT Arlington last year. So they have a couple point guards in that backcourt. Tedrick Washington Jr., Xavier Glenn that can do stuff. I think there'll be a step down, obviously, just because with Steve Lutz is really elevated back that program back up to what it was in the late 2000s, and that was one who was at the top of its game. But they're going to have to really rely on that backcourt. I like when they have assistants get elevated because they can pretty much stick with what was happening there before, the winning style that was happening there before with Steve Lutz. So hopefully they can carry over what happened these last couple of years in the program and continue the winning ways and bringing nice talent into a really beautiful city down there. I personally believe this year is going to rely on that backcourt and what those guards can do. It unquestionably is. And let's stick with the theme. Nichols, they lose their coach in Austin Clunch. This time he decided to become an assistant for Alabama after Alabama lost in pretty much all their assistants. And Trevon Sadler, who was a Maryland assistant, he's out taking over the program. Micah Thomas, who was the team's leader in assists with three seals, a steal per contest. They have him coming back to the fold. And Deontay Smith, I think that he can be rock solid as well. Missed last year over at South Alabama, but when he was out there on the floor, he was pretty rock solid. If they're able to get something out of Taj Anderson, who comes up from UT Arlington, this is going to be a team that's going to be pretty solid. But 
as we know with Nichols under Clonch, they're one of the best teams at creating havoc, being able to generate turnovers, and bringing in someone like Sadler who comes from Maryland where they just don't generate turnovers whatsoever. I do feel like this is going to be a little bit of a culture shock and just a little bit of a different-looking Nichols State team in general. Yeah, it'll definitely be a little bit different-looking. Sadler played there a couple of years ago. He was there under Richie Riley, and he had some success. So I like that they're bringing in a young assistant. He's probably the youngest coach in the country. He's about 27, 28. He has a couple guys in coming over from other schools in Maryland in the past, like Charles Chigaru, who was at Coppin State for a couple of years, and last year was at South Alabama. But he did an interesting job in the transfer portal, and they don't have a single underclassman on their roster. I think they're a team that can make significant noise. Now, it stinks that they lose Nenda Tark, who did transfer in, and he didn't last too long. He would have been an awesome piece of this roster. But as he left, they brought in Dr. Bradley, who was good at New Mexico State last year before everything went down. There might be some issues there if stuff like that continues, obviously, from New Mexico State and he brings it over to Nickel State. But they do have a nice roster. I mean, Byron Ireland's there. He, he was at Maine. He was a leader a couple years ago. Another Maryland kid, Taj Anderson, you mentioned. He comes over from UT Arlington, Indian Hills kid. That's always good. Like I mentioned earlier, when you're coming over from JUCOs, and we have another kid coming over from UT Arlington, the last team we talked about. But when you're coming over from a strong JUCO like that and playing good teams every year, it's really not that big of a step up when you go to the Southland. I think that Nickel State could still cause havoc and should be up there towards the top of the Southland because Tavon Sadler knows the league. He played in it a couple years ago, and they did pretty nice in the transfer portal. One guy I didn't mention is Omar Caressa, who comes over from Jacksonville. He was really strong, Juco-level Dodge City a couple years ago. He was strong in the A-Sun at Jacksonville as well. So I think that Nickel State will continue up there at the top of the Southland. Yep, with Nichols, they have been one of the biggest machines in this conference for the last few seasons. So now it is going to be interesting to see where they are going to be in the lay of the land. And this has been a bunch that has been, well, at the bottom of the Southland for a very, very long time. And I am talking about Incarnate Word. And they do lose their top two scorers from last year. But Sean Robinson enters into the team as he was over at Austin P last year. I've tried around 10 points, shot 35%. From three, bringing back Joshua Morgan is big. And if Nikki Krause is able to stay healthy and is able to stay out there on the floor, I think that that would be big as well. I do feel more bullish about Incarnate Word than I have in quite a long time. If they could get Andre Cruz out there and be healthy as well, that'll help out as well. But certainly still do have my question marks with an Incarnate Word team that has just seemingly always struggled on offense. Yeah, me too. I I do think... It will be a little bit better for Incarnate Word just because of the, all the turnover in the league, and they're bringing in some nice talent like you mentioned with Sean Robinson. But my biggest takeaway, Skylar Ricks comes in too. My biggest takeaway, though, I was sad when they fired Carson Cunningham because when you're randomly turning on these Incarnate Word games, he wears these like Mr. Rogers type of sweaters. <laughs> so you're not going to be seeing that anymore. But they have some nice transfer pieces coming in. They have a couple pieces who have been in the program, can hopefully take the next step up. I am much more bullish about Incarnate Word this year. This could be the year where they make a little bit more noise. New regime, couple players coming in who are impressive, a couple players who have been there before. Yeah, keep an eye out for the Cardinals this year. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of upside there as Nick Lorenzo, who does great work over at Mid-Major Madness, is joining me right here on Cusco Soupsy, Southland Conference Preview Edition. And what if we take a look at a team that actually doesn't have as much turnover and that'd be Southeast Louisiana State, who's going to be returning four other top six scores from a season ago. 
like what Roger McFarlane was able to do for the Seaman. They bring in another awesome transfer, Carlos Baez, who made 95 starts in his four seasons there. Not a guy that's going to put up a tremendous amount of points, but he's a capable three-point shooter. He's able to give you right around three and a half assists per contest. If you're able to have him pair well with Rocco Eastbound, I think that you've got one of the better backcourts in the Southland with Southeast Louisiana. Yeah, David Kiefer's really done quietly a good job down there in Hammond. I, they finished the regular season. They won four straight. They did one of those things. They won four straight, lost four straight, won four straight to end the regular season. But he's quietly done a good job. They've battled in a lot of non-conference games. They beat Wyoming last year. They kept it close with Colorado State, Kennesaw State, App State. Dayton, but the offense has been the key. They bring back their top four turners, like you mentioned. They were top 60 in the country in three-point shooting. They were really good causing turnovers, and that's going to be the great part about adding in Carlos Paez, because in my opinion, he was a top five player in the country just with intensity. Every single time he came onto the court, he was like fully locked in, and he was going to cause havoc, and I saw two or three times just bloody face. He's going all out, so He's a perfect addition to this team. He's just going to be up there on defense. He's not going to cause turnovers. He's going to help with the three-point shooting. This might be the year because of all the turnover in the league and what they bring back and bringing in Pies in that Sela gets over the hump. Makes NCAA tournament. It's not talked about. David Kiefer went 18 and 14 last year. Yeah, they were able to have themselves a nice year. They certainly made you a little bit of money if you were betting on them as well. So I do think that there's some upside there and, I take a look at New Orleans, a team that has made the NCAA tournament in the past, and I think they're going to be one of the prime contenders in the conference once again because they bring back Jordan Johnson, who shot 48.2% from three-point range last year. That was ranked 11th among qualifying Division One players. Now, the defense was very, very brutal, and they were 362nd in the country in turnovers on a per-possession basis. They've got to clean that up by bringing in James Glisson third. That should really be able to help the team out. Coming in from Mercer, where he was a double-figure scorer, Tyson Jackson is able to do a solid job on the glass as well. And if you're able to get anything out of Mason Jones, who comes in from Rice, I think that New Orleans has the possibility of being a top-three team in this conference. Yeah, it wasn't your normal Mark Schlesinger kind of year last year. You know, New Orleans is always up there towards the top, and they really struggled. It's going to be interesting to see how James Gleason comes in and is able to play in that fast style that Mark Schlesinger always runs. They were 21st in the country last year in adjusted tempo. They're always up there towards the top. They love to have their guards cutting in. And with that, it creates a lot of open three balls. So they were 14th in the country last year, even with all their troubles from three. Their problem was holding on to the ball and obviously defense. Yes, they were allowing quick possessions, but they were 330th in the country in adjusted efficiency. Adjusted field goal percentage was 329th in the country, but their offense was solid. So it's really going to depend on how the guards play on defense. If Mark Schlesinger could get a team like two years ago where they were doing that and they were pressing and having quick possessions and dunking on the other end, and Jordan Johnson can play to his full potential, I think New Orleans will be right back up there towards the top. They have a huge arena, so they have great resources. They kind of have a little advantage. New Orleans should consistently be at the top, and I believe this is another team where Mark Schlesinger can do that. Yep, I do think that he's got a good opportunity to really be able to build things up. And with regards to Lamar, as we know, it's a rough year for them, and they do lose their top score from last season, but Outside of that top score, they bring back a lot of what they did have a season, guys. They bring back four other top 
six players as things really did not work out for them in their one season in the WAC. So they are back in the Southland. And while you lose Nate Calmezzi, who was able to put up 17 and a half points per contest, I do take a look at some like your Chris Pryor, the point guard, who was able to give the team three and a half assists, 10 points per contest. That is going to be big. Jake Quavian Buckley, he was able to put in their seven and a half points per game. Now, you two Yamanachi Jones being out of the fold does hurt this team a little bit. And Jason Thirdkill just never really worked out for this bunch. But I do think that if you have a clean bill of health for Adam Hamilton, this might be better one of the better teams in the post in the conference. Yeah, totally. Like you mentioned, they're, they left the league for one year, did terrible, and now they're back. But they were much better in the Southlands, so maybe they can do something there. They're bringing BB Knight from Tulsa, Errol White from Eastern New Mexico. They're going to have to do a lot. They were 358th in the country last year out of 362 teams. They were bottom 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. So there's really only way to go up. 5-13 and 13 last year in the Southland after you know that whack season where they were 0-16. So they were taking steps. I think they can do it again. They have a lot of returners, like you mentioned, four of their top six returners. So if, like I've been saying this whole time, with just so much turnover and them bringing back such a solid core, if they want to make the next step, this is the year to do so because they have those returning pieces and there's so many new faces all throughout the 10 teams in this league. Yeah, there certainly are, as we do have a familiar face on the podcast, Sick Lorenzo, who does great work over at Mid-Major Madness. He is joining me right here on Kuskasoops. And how about if we take a look at one of the other new teams with regards to conference as well, Texas A&M Commerce. This is year number two for them at the Division One level. And the team was certainly trying to take a bunch of threes. They didn't convert a lot of threes, but hey, got to regret it as too. 18th in the country with regards to percentage of few goals that were attempted from three-point range last season. They bring back Kalen Williams, who was able to give the team nine points, two and a half assists per contest, but it really did feel like a very disjointed offense last season. Now, they bring in James Weathers, who was on the Bradley bench last season. I remember JucoRecruiting.com was high on him a few seasons ago, so that should be able to help out a little bit. But I do take a look at the Texas A&M Commerce team, and they're not going to be able to compete for the NCAA tournament this year. And even if they could, they would not be a team I'd be looking to too much. Yeah, I mean, as bad as they were at times, they were probably one of my favorite teams to watch because DeMarcus Demonia was so entertaining and he put up highlight reel dunks, but he's gone. They lose both their top two scores. But Jared Von Rosenberg's a really good coach, and I'd expect him to have this team bounce back. And they finished 500 in their first year at D1. And you don't see that often, and that's impressive. But a lot of the work they do is inside. They were 72nd in the country in effective field goal percentage, 10th in two-point percentage. I don't know much about this roster, but they do bring in a lot of Juco pieces, and they're not too tall. Their tallest player is 6'9". They don't bring in a true center. They only have four big men. So they're going to be running that guard speedy and trying to get dunks. They might stretch the court out a little bit and not really play the – inside as much as they did last year but with the jared von rosenberg team you know that they're going to be taking smart shots so they'll be pick they'll pick off a team here or there i don't know if they'll be as strong as they were last year but they'll be pesky they will be pesky i don't know if i could say the same for this team though as it's our last team and i have a tough time not picking this team last in the conference it's houston christian after a play six of their top seven scores from team that last year they Actually took a few small strides forward, but 
it's been rough for this team. I mean, whether they've been Houston Baptist or Houston Christian, it has not been good for them. Piers Basil is the only guy that returns that have more than 4.1 points per contest. Now they do bring in some like a Tristan Moore. should be able to help out a little bit, but this has always been a rough defense. This has always been a team that they've been trying to win these games 90 to 80. They just can never be able to do so, and typically they give up closer to 100, and I just don't see how this year is going to be any different. Yeah, it really stunk because they had some real, they had some really nice talent on that team last year. Max Klanjic really had a revival coming over from Maine, and he's taking another step up in the transfer portal. Bryson Long, he's gone. Sam Hoffman was a really nice piece. He was gone. He took steps towards the end of the season there. They do return Bonk Maring, though. That'll be interesting because you don't see all that much returning talent at the center position in this league. So at six foot ten, that should be a nice piece, but it's going to be really tough. It's it's really been a tough go around for Houston Baptist, now Houston Christian over these last couple of years. They got a bank on that Houston talent, and they just haven't been able to do it. And their defense was horrible last year; it was worse in the country. And it doesn't matter; they were giving up quick possessions. The other team was just scoring, and that's something they need to focus on. And it's hard to pick a team that loses six of their top seven players and were the worst defensive efficiency team in the country. Yeah, but I'm right there with you. I think that's another long year for you, Sir Christian. But it's always another good podcast whenever you join, Nick. You do amazing work over at Mid-Major Madness, taking a look at this game that we all know and love and, and uh, your hard at work getting set for the upcoming season. So let the good people know, you know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, over on Mid-Major Madness' Twitter, Mid-Madness, we're doing our weekly Twitter spaces yesterday. We did the American. We had Dusty May hop on for about 30 minutes. Tomorrow we're going to be doing the 810. Ryan Odom will hop on 6.30 Eastern time. We're going to start that. So we're going to be talking through the first two hours, I guess if you want to include FCS games of college football on Thursday afternoon, but we'll be doing two of those a week. So follow us over on there and on my personal Twitter at N Lawrence sports and L O R E N S C N sports. So yeah, that's what's up right now. Conference preview Twitter spaces. We're almost in September. We're two days away from September. So getting closer and closer. We are inching closer and closer and every single time. Nick joins this podcast. He lends absolutely tremendous insights. It's always a pleasure to be able to get him aboard. So a big thanks to Nick for joining me right here on the Southland Conference Preview Edition of Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And coming up next is that time of the podcast. I give you my projector or finish for the Southland. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. And we're back here in Las Vegas for Just Kissing with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Decent Family and Podcast. This is a Southland Conference Preview Edition, and a big thanks to Nick Lorenzen over at Mid-Major Madness for doing a great job of taking a look at this fine conference with me. Certainly, there's going to be a lot of intrigue with the Southland this year, and it was great to be able to get Nick to be able to break it all down with me. He does an amazing job over there at Mid-Major Madness, so take a good look at teams far and wide in college basketball. So, now it is getting to be that time of the podcast. I give you my projector or finish for the Southland. Just a friendly reminder that because I'm not doing the news and notes of college basketball from a Wednesday on the podcast, I will be doing those on the podcast tomorrow. So have no fear. We are going to have you covered there. And we've got you guys covered with regards to 1 through 10 with regards to conference. And we start with dead last in my projector or finish. It is Houston Christian. I mean, my goodness, this team out of 363 D1 teams last year, they were 363rd in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And you just have nowhere to really go with this team, considering six other top seven scores from last year are gone. Now, perhaps a clean bill of health for Deshaun Proctor. Average right around 4.5 points, 4.6 rebounds per game. is going to be able to help out and you know, bring in Tristan Moore. He had 4.5 points per contest. Shot about 36.5% from three-point range a few seasons ago. That should be able to help out and... The team was 32nd in home three-point shooting percentage last year. They are able to put up some threes, but when Pierce Basil, who averaged 8.6 points per game, is your main guy that is returning for this backcourt, that really leaves you in a bad situation. They really don't have anything to speak of down low with Houston Christian. It has been a rough program for the last few years, and I just don't see any way forward for them until we really get some big, giant surprises and. I don't think that those are going to be coming this season. I have got our good friends at Houston Christian. Dead last in my projector or finish. At number nine, I am going to be going with Texas A&M Commerce. Texas A&M Commerce is losing a few pieces from last year. A team that was in the top 30 in all of college basketball last season with regards to percentage of shots that they did take from three-point range. And for Commerce, they were a relatively pesky team last season, but it did feel like they were doing it a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Caleb Williams was able to give you about nine and a half points per contest last year. And I will say, the guy that I do like for this team, that would be Tommy Lewis. Tommy Lewis was able to do a good job of being able to stroke it from three-point range a season ago as he was able to log 8 points, 4.3 rebounds per game, and 
Shot 51.5% from three-point range in the 18 games that he did play last season. You're going to be looking to someone like a Jerome Brewer to be able to elevate down low. And that's a big concern that you do have with this team. Just really nobody that's able to rebound down low. They bring in James Weathers. He sat on the Bradley bench last year at JucoRecruiting.com. And him as the number 62 junior college prospect in the class of 2022. He was at State College of Florida. Put up like 18 points, 6 boards, 2 steals per game. Put up some nice numbers. But this was a bunch that they were 341st in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And they were not disciplined. 357th in the nation in possessions in which the opponent attempted a free throw. So I do take a look at this Texas A&M Commerce team. This being year number two at the Division One level, I do think that there's going to be more growing pains. I do have them at number nine in terms of my projector or finish. At number eight, I am going to be going with Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I do like that they kept it in-house with Jim Shaw replacing what was just a tremendous run of things the last few seasons for them. But new coach does lead to a lot of turnover and you just take a look at the guys that are gone from last season. and It is pretty immense. You've got Lance Amir Paul who enters the program after he was able to average right around 7 points, a little bit over 2 assists per game, and Nichols last season. Gary Clark over at Tarleton State was able to give you a little bit of production. and I do like Jordan Roberts as well. He put up right around 5 points in 8.5 minutes per contest. Shot 38.5% from 3-point range. Some like a Dane Prim is going to be able to give you some numbers as well, but you have to just replace an immense amount of guys that were so integral to this team being able to make back-to-back NCAA tournaments. Like Isaac Mushala could go out there for a double-double on any given night. They are losing pretty much each other top five scores from last year with Owen Dize, who is able to give you about five points per contest, being your main holdover from last season. That is not a good place to be. I really thought that Steve Lutz did an amazing job with this program with all those guys. Now, Western Kentucky, I do think that is an uphill battle for our good friends with the Islanders. I do have, as a result, have them at number eight with regards to my projector or finish. At number seven, I am going to be going with the word and incarnate word after a place Carson Cunningham as well. And I do think that the new regime has done a solid job of being able to keep a few guys from a season ago. Joshua Morgan was it will give you about seven points per contest, but he's had more success in past years. And if you were able to get a full season out of Andre Cruz, as in a small sample size last year, seven and a half points, a little bit over a steal per contest. I do think that you've got some upside there. Along with Nicky Krause, who's able to give you about three assists, four boards. He's able to be a little bit of a Swiss Army knife guy, but losing Jonathan Cisse, who was the heart and soul of this team last year, 17 points, steal and a half, shot 41%. From three-point range, that is going to be a massive loss for the team. For Encarta Word, they've always had such a tough time with regards to their defenses. I still remember, I think it was like two or three years ago, they actually led the country in free-throw shooting percentage, and they were like one of the worst teams in all of college basketball. Now, bringing in Sean Robinson, that is going to be able to help. Someone that was able to register about 11 points per contest while he was over at Austin P last season. This is a good starting place. And Alex Anderson is someone that can't be slept upon as well. I do like what Alex Anderson does bring to the table. He comes in after he spent a year in the SWAC. I believe that he was over at South Alabama a few seasons ago as well. Someone that is capable of being able to put up a double-figure amount of points. As Anderson last year, 9.9 points, 4.5 boards as a six foot six combo wing over at Alabama State. So there are some nice pieces for the team. If you can get something from Lynn Salafali, who does come in from UT San Antonio, got a little bit of upside here, but for Incarnate Word, 
This team was still 344th with regards to defensive rebound rate last season. They don't necessarily have a ton of size in the program, and I do think that that is going to be hurting them quite a bit. So as a result, going to be going with the word at number seven with regards to my projector finish. At number six, I'm going to be going with Northwestern State. Northwestern State loses so much of their production from a season ago as they had so many guys under that Corey Gibson regime that were able to be amazing. But you bring in Rick Cabrera, who is over at Tallahassee Community College, and he brings with him Edison Patterson. Juco Recruiting.com had him as the number four junior college transfer for the class of 2023. Don't sleep on this guy as... I know that 247 Sports rated him as a top 75 guy for the 2019 freshman class. I know that he was supposed to go to, like, Nevada and then Oregon. This goes on and on. It's been a long and winding road for him. But at the junior college level last year, this guy tore up 19 points, 5 boards, 3.5 assists, 2 steals per contest. What is he going to have around him, though? Anthony Thomas, he during the 2020-21 season was able to put up some points while he was over at Kansas State, but he has not been able to get out there on the floor too much recently. Joshua Williams is the only returning player that had more than eight total points last season as he averaged two and a half points and two and a half rebounds per contest. Now the D2 transfer from Lynn and Jamel Lane, he comes in after he had 18 points, a little bit over a block per contest, six and a half rebounds per contest, and Chase Forte, he is someone that comes in as another one of those top 100 transfers from JucoRecruiting.com's list. He was number 94, put up 20 points per contest at Gulf Coast State College. So, got to wonder how these pieces are going to meld together. I don't think that it's going to be too bad for the team. At the same time, I do see some deficiencies down low. I think that Rick Cabrera is going to be able to have this team gel late. I think that this is a spot where they struggle a little bit early. As they gain a little bit of confidence, as they gain some chemistry, they're going to be able to pull it together late, as I do think that Cabrera is a relative we saw a coach, so I do have Northwestern State as a result. Number six, with regards to my projector or finish. And number five, I'm going to be going with Lamar. Even though Nate Calmezzi is going to be out of the full for Lamar, you do return four out of the top six scores from the CMA season ago, including the point guard and Chris Pryor, who was able to give you three and a half assists, 10.3 points per contest, and was a solid 37% three-point shooter last season. Jacavion Buckley, he's able to chip in there right around seven and a half points per contest. Now, Lamar, 354th in points allowed on a per-possession basis on the road last season. And I just don't know if this team is really going to be able to elevate there. Alvin Brooks is someone that I do have a lot of regard for as a coach. I do think that he's going to be able to help this team out quite a bit. You've got Brock McClure looking to build off of these 6.8 points, 4.8 rebounds per game. They had two seasons ago before missing last season as well. But they need to do a better job of being able to guard the three-point arc, 35.4% of opponents' points, came off of made threes. That was 327th in the country last season, but Jayshon Jackson being able to give you a little bit of production off the bench should be able to help this team out as well and bringing back all that production in the backcourt and perhaps a clean bill of health for Adam Hamilton was able to register 11 points and five and a half rebounds per game in the nine games that he did play last season should be able to give this team a little bit of post presence. So as a result, I do have Lamar, number five, with regards to my projector or finish. And number four, I'm going to be going with Nichols. Now, Nichols does come with their question marks as I do think that this is going to be a bunch that they might be playing a little bit more slowly with Austin Plancha out of the fold looking to Tavon Sadler, who was over at Maryland as an assistant, but as was astutely pointed out by Nick Lorenz, and he's got familiarity with this team and with the conference as well, and they bring in Deontay Smith. 
He missed all the 2022-23 season at South Alabama two seasons prior while playing at South Alabama. Seven points, three and a half boards, a little bit over a steal per game. Shot 38.5% from three. He's got good versatility. You're bringing back your leader in assists in Micah Thomas, which is so big as well. Eight points, three assists, steal per contest. Love what he's able to bring to the table. And Jalen White was fifth among qualifying D1 players in three-point shooting percentage last year. Only put up four points per game, but shot north of 50% from three-point range with the likes of Taj Anderson and company coming into the fold. And this team just year in and year out being able to generate those turnovers. I do think that Nichols is once again going to be a tough out in the conference. As a result, I did put them in my projector or finish over at number four. At number three, I'm going to go with New Orleans. With New Orleans, they've got arguably the top returning player in this conference. That would be Jordan Johnson. 18 points, 3.8 assists, 1.3 steals per game on 48.2% three-point shooting on volume. That was 11th among qualifying D1 players. Now, your trepidation with this team. They were 362nd in the country with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis. But James Glisson III, if he can return to his 2021-22 form, when at Mercer, he had 10.5 points, 5 boards, shot 34% from 3. That is going to be big. You bring in Mason Jones, who was over at Rice last season. Go Owls. He just wasn't able to find a lot of playing time. And then O'Marion Henry, he's back after he logged right around 7 points per game for a core that was 14th in the country with regards to 3-point shooting percentage. And then on top of that, Caleb Olson-Rouse, he's back after he was able to register about 9.5 points, a steal and a half per contest as well. If you can get a modicum of defense from New Orleans, like if they could be a level below mediocre, this is a bunch that they could actually make a lot of noise because you've got a lot of good three-point shooting. You've got a tad bit of rebounding as well. And bringing in James Glisson III, I think provides some upside. I think that Mr. Schlesinger is one of the better com- coaches in the conference, so you've got more chemistry with this team than most within the conference. As a result, I'm going to be willing to put New Orleans number three with regards to my projector or finish. And number two, I'm going to be going with Southeast Louisiana. With Southeast Louisiana, they do bring back four out of their top six scores from a season ago, and I do like the way that these pieces are able to all meld together as you do a nice job having a guy in Roger McFarland that is a little bit of a do-it-all player. Right around 12.5 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, a little bit of a seal per game on 40% 3-point shooting. And Carlos Paez, he made 95 starts over the last four seasons at Austin P. That experience is paramount. 3.6 assists and 7.8 points per game as a starter over at Austin P. And you've on top of that, got Rocco Eastman, who in the backcourt last season, not a supreme scorer, never has been, never will be, but 3.2 assists, a little bit over a seal per game. Nick Caldwell is able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range as well. And Brody Woodbury, right around six boards, nine points per contest for a team that was 57th in three-point shooting percentage last year. This team is one of the best in the post of any that you're going to find in this conference. And they've got a lot of good camaraderie coming back. As a result, I'm willing to set them number two in regards to my projector or finish. But at number one, now, a little bit of question mark with some of these two-time transfers, but... Even if you have some of these guys get denied, I still think that there's enough talent here for this team to be number one. It is McNeese. Will Wade knows what the heck he's doing as a coach. He did not get fired from LSU because he was a poor coach. It's because, well, there were some shady off-the-court things that were happening. I'm putting it politely, and we could see that come to light within the next few years. But in the meantime, you got Chris and Shubate who's back. 15 points, 5.7 boards, shoots 34% from three. You've also got Trey English, who is going to be returning. Three and a half assists, 
one points per contest, and then you meld that together with a guy in C.J. Felder, who he was able to shoot about 38% from three-point range the last two seasons over at Florida. When I was at Boston College during the 2020-21 season, was averaging more around six boards, 10 points, a steal, a little bit over two blocks per contest. Shahada Wells, if he could get back to his UT Arlington form, he spent the last two years at TCU, and he actually saw some production at TCU a season ago as well, but I mean, at UT Arlington. This guy was putting up 17 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists, 2 steals per game on 39%, 3-point shooting. You're really looking at something. I'll tell you that at TV on column. At Kelsey Bakersfield, one of the slowest teams in all of college basketball, had at least 11 points and 13 of the last 14 games with 18 points in uh, that stretch per game. That's just absolutely remarkable considering how slowly they played. You just have talent upon talent with this McNeese bunch. I do think that Will Wade is going to be able to coach these guys up. You bring in Zach Harvey as well, guy that during the 2020-21 season at Cincinnati shot nearly 46% from three-point range. Mike Saunders, he comes in from Utah. You're just staring at a bunch that they've got by far on paper the most talent within the South London. I do think that they could take their lumps out of conference, but when you get in conference, even though there are going to be a few teams that they've got a little bit more camaraderie, I think that the raw talent wins out for making these. I've got them number one with regards to my projector or finish, and that will wrap things up for my South Lake Conference preview edition right here on Coast Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. If you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters ZM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way, is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And a big thanks once again to Nick Lorenzen, who does great work over at Mid-Major Madness. He joined me in the last segment to be able to break down these teams and take a look at the coaching changes. And I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast here in the offseason. Take a look at the news and notes of college basketball, a couple with these conference previews, and then once we get in season, fix an analysis on every single game, every single day. So appreciate you guys tuning in today, and I'll be back with you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.